I've been thinking a lot about seeking attention and for me being a writer or being somebody who likes to create things, I, I want to share my work with the world. And I know I said in my last podcast that I even had to question my motives around why am I hit and record on a podcast? Why create a podcast? You know, why not just talk to somebody or write it out? And although I do love to write, sometimes I think I just had these thoughts on my mind that I just wanted a place to openly express those thoughts and share them and then put them out there because whenever I hear people talking or I hear certain podcasts, I'm like, man, that has been so helpful to me. Recently, I've been reading the book by Jay Shetty called Think Like a Monk. And um, it, it, I'm not even reading it. It's on Audible. But Think Like a Monk. And it has been so, so good. If you have not read that book or listened to that on Audible, I highly recommend it. I'm only um, a couple of hours in. And it has been so significant in helping me realize a lot of things about myself. I mean, he talks a lot about your dharma and i can't repeat it as he says it again i just highly recommend the book but your soul's purpose and the reason why you're here and he talks about being in alignment with your dharma um this is the part of the book that i'm in right now and it's really really speaking to me and he's talking about these different uh four categories of this type of person and that you may fall in one of those categories even though it's not an end-all be-all and a big thing that i've really taken from it is that I try to start certain projects and I try to do certain things and I realize like I'm just overwhelmed or I'm, I'm actually not passionate about these things anymore. I have a community or organization or whatever you want to call it, a YouTube community called Blushing Phoenix. And it's something that I created back in 2019, I believe. And it was to talk about chronic blushing and flushing and urethrophobia. And urethrophobia is the fear of turning red. And that was something that I was dealing with at that time. Uh, due to major skin flushing that would happen on my chest and neck. And I met this huge community of people worldwide who were struggling with the fear of turning red. I mean, literally people have committed suicide over this condition because they don't understand it. They think something's wrong with them. They get made fun of for it. And uh, there are truly stories out there about people who have committed suicide because they blushed so chronically. And so back in uh, 2019, my goal was to, if I, if I looked on the internet, I, I couldn't find anything about this at all. There was nothing out there. Or you might find a couple of pictures, or if you Google, you know how Google is. It just tells you that you're dying. So uh, I didn't believe I was dying. And I actually, I had gone to the doctor and done a lot of tests and had them check on me allergens and other things. And they were like, you're fine. And I'm like, clearly I'm not fine. I am a, like a speckled hived red flushed person from time to time. And I don't think that's normal, <laughs> but anyway, I couldn't find answers on the internet. So I figured maybe I'll just start talking about it. And then at least for other people, if they're looking for answers to this as well, they would find that they're not alone and that this is happening to more than just them. And my goal also was to give myself some exposure. One of the biggest things was I didn't want to be seen. I didn't want anybody to see it or question it. It's so embarrassing. And it was just detrimental to my mind knowing that people would question, whoa, you're really red. Are you okay? Are you having an allergic reaction? It's something way deeper than just turning red in that. And so I started Blushing Phoenix and I started this YouTube channel and I believe we're at like 1300 subscribers at this point. 
and community of people all over the world have joined in on this mission to realize that they're so much more than redness. And all of that to say, I can talk more about that in another podcast at another time, but I realized throughout working on Blushing Venus and meeting so many people that I was overcoming that fear of turning red and not really caring as much. And therefore I just didn't turn red as much because it's the cycle of, I don't want you to see me. I don't want to turn red. So you basically wind up making yourself turn red because you don't want to turn red. And then you develop a phobia, which is called urethrophobia, which is the fear of blushing or flushing or turning red in front of other people. And you're just in like this cycle and it creates a shame cycle. And it's, it's rough. A lot of people don't know about it. A lot of people don't even know about my story. Hardly anybody or very few people know about the YouTube channel because it is not something that I shared in uh, my personal life around me. So there's that. But my point of talking about that is that over the past year or so, I've really looked into monetizing my channel growing all the content there. And I realized as I'm trying to work on content and grow this channel, and I've really got a good niche here that I'm not happy and I don't love it. It's not that I don't love that community of people or that I don't love helping people who are going through the red issues, the flushing, blushing, urethrophobia, but it's more so about... I. My creativity really comes from writing. It comes from speaking about things that matter. It comes from the depth. You know, I want to, I want to get beyond the surface, go into the depth and talk more about things that really matter in life. And so doing and working on Blushing Phoenix content and trying to market to people in a way of, hey, listen to what I have to say and help me grow my channel can really become more about subscribers. It can come more about, about watch hours and you lose that heart for wanting to actually help people. And so I got to a place where I'm like, I just think I need to take a break from this. And that's also part of why I started this podcast. Originally, the podcast was supposed to be a part of Blushing Phoenix, my uh, urethrophobia, chronic blushing community that I've put together but I'm just kind of stepping back and getting back to the basics of my dharma, my soul's purpose, where I feel most alive. And what Jay Shetty talks about is that this is when you feel most alive. It's when you feel you belong. It's when you feel seen and heard, even if you're by yourself. That is how you know that you are fully in your dharma. And it's not about making money off of it. It's not about, you know, being able to quit your big corporate job so that you can work on these particular things. I mean, that might be your story, but when we get focused on the things of the world around our Dharma, that's when we really kind of lose sight of our creativity and we lose the essence of the power around the creativity. So going back to seeking attention where I started a few minutes ago is why are we seeking attention? And these are questions that I'm asking myself here in this space during this season of my life is why am I trying to create all these things? Why am I trying to do all these things? Why am I constantly trying to put things out there for the world to see? And I really had to get to the bottom of if one or two people or nobody, let's, okay, first of all, let's say nobody ever reacts to any of the art that I have put out into the world. It was an expression of myself, something that I feel was downloaded into me from the ether or wherever you want to say, whatever your higher power is, that it was downloaded into you and you are a vessel 
to be able to share those gifts with the world. You may never know who it impacted. You may never have a big following or a ton of subscribers or go viral. You may never have those things. And so if you're putting it out there, you're freeing yourself because you're expressing your gift. And when we attach something to it that I feel like this should impact people, I should be able to get something back from it. Then we've messed up the gift in that point at that point. And I, and I, I think that putting something out there, knowing that it may free or help loosen the chains of one person that I may never know about, maybe I'm not supposed to know about it, but knowing in my inner knower that this is my gift that was given to me, or that is using me as a vessel that I am to give back to the world. And I'm kind of the megaphone for it, as opposed to sending it out and hoping that you get all this attention off of it. Because really when I break that down for myself and I think about if I put something out there and trillions of people, a little exaggeration, they look at this and they're interested and they want to know me and follow me and all of those things. I don't even want that. That's not even something if I really dig into my thought process and how I really feel about something, I'm like, I don't even want that. I don't want that. I like like a quaint life where you have like a small circle. I keep my circle small intentionally. The last thing I want is a bunch of people off in my life. So feeling like because society tells us if we don't get a lot of likes and subscribers and we don't get a lot of attention, then maybe we are not adequate. And that is total bullshit, like 100%. And so I am speaking for myself and I thought maybe you could relate to this is that I have close down my gift so many times because I feel like nobody even sees it. Nobody even cares. And then my focus becomes more about the attention that I got from it more so than it being my service, my, my thing that I give back to the world because everybody has something. It may be that you're a researcher. That is, that is huge. A person who researches, I use this example a lot about my husband, my husband is a researcher. He's a thinker. He's a thought leader. He is somebody who likes to spend his time figuring things out. And then he shares things with me. Well, I've got the gift of gab. I can write and I can speak. So a lot of times, a lot of the thought provoking information that he takes in or the way he sees the world or these philosophy that he, philosophies that he has, he will share them with me. And then I can take those things and turn them into treasures that other people can relate to. Those are giftings. And I noticed that um, in my first book, Pressing Forward, it's my story about overcoming anxiety and depression. If you read that book, so much of that book is, and then Tony said, and then Tony said, and it was all these things that he said to me during that really debilitating season of anxiety and depression and suicidal thoughts and ideations and so many awful things. But it was something that he said to me in the moment that opened up this whole new idea for me. And I was able to take that and put it into word form and now share it in a book that people read more often than I thought they would. And so that's huge. His thought process, his research, his gifting, 
sharing his gifting with me and then me taking it, making it my own, putting it into word form and then sharing it back with the world. It is literally the gift that keeps on giving. And so whatever your gifting is, I've heard people say before, well, I don't have anything. Yes, you do. You do. Trust me. It may not be the arts that you're used to seeing of, of writing and painting or singing and all these other talents and gifts that we see that are, that are, that are pretty and put on display a lot, but you definitely have a gifting or giftings and it's the Dharma. It's your soul's purpose. It's the thing that makes you feel most alive when you're in it. And if you don't know what it is, you can ask your friends or the people that are closest to you. When have I been most alive? What am I good at? And they'll tell you. I've had people tell me for years that, uh, my writing speaks to them. Your writing's so good. It's man, it made me cry. It's this, it's that, you know? And, and I remember when years ago I was trying to do a million things at once. Uh, yep, that's me. And my husband had told me, you're a writer. You're such a good writer. And I was like, yeah, you know, writing really takes a lot of concentration. It takes a lot of energy and it really takes a lot for me to tap into that energy field to pull that out. Um, it, it does take a lot out of me and I, I wasn't fully even tapped into it at that point. I was trying to mimic the writing style of other people who I really admired during that time. So it, you know, it, it, it was okay. And I remember one morning waking up and I just sat straight up in the bed and I looked at him in complete shock and awe. And I said, I'm a writer. And he, in a very sarcastic way, looked dead in my eye back at me and said, I know. (laughs) It was that moment that I realized I need to give my attention to my writing. And that's why I'm rambling today and talking today is that I'm really thinking a lot about Dharma. I'm thinking a lot about your soul's purpose. Why are you here? And I think when we are not fulfilled in that Dharma, when we're not expressing our gifts, we will, it creates a void and we expect other people, places, things to fill that void. And that could be, you know, overeating or shopping or drinking, or you expect your work to be this place that allows you to express your Dharma and the place you work may not be that place, but it's a great place. But it's not where the fulfillment in you comes from. And it's because you're robbing yourself of, the, of your gifting, of expressing your gifting. So that's kind of where I've been in my headspace lately as I am backing away from Blushing Phoenix, the online community of urethrophobia, my YouTube channel, um, stepping back from that a little bit to think and also getting to a place of just write. You just have to write. When I wrote my first book, when I was writing my first book and I was working on the manuscript, my husband would say to me, just write. And I would get stuck on, well, I want to get this book published. So I don't even know how to publish a book. And what do you begin to do to get the book published? And Tony would say to me, it doesn't matter. Just write the manuscript right now. Like, what does it matter if you find a publisher right now, if you don't even have a manuscript or a book ready to go? And so I would write, I would be encouraged and I would write and then I would stop and I would start thinking about, I want to move to the next step. I want to move to like the cool part where you're, you're published. And so I'd start Googling how to get published and all the things. And my creativity would stop. The writing would stop and I would get frustrated and I would get in my head and I would go to Tony and I would say, 
you know, I would rant about all the things and he would say, well, when's the last time you wrote? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what my next steps are. I'm not writing anymore. And he would go, just write. So when the publisher is there, you are ready to go. The book is ready. So eventually after quite a few times, because that's me, I started to really focus on writing and I write, I wrote and I wrote and I finished the manuscript and the manuscript was ready. And then it was like, now what? And I did a little bit of Googling, reached out to some publishers, nothing happened. Well, at that time I was meeting with this lady. Um, she was like a writer and a speaker and I really just wanted to be in her sphere so that I could learn more from her. Um, I, she didn't know that I was writing things. I mean, I was writing a blog at that time. She didn't know about my book and we were meeting once a month for coffee, just to chit chat. And I would get some mentorship from her in regards to being a public speaker, all those things. And one day we were talking, um, I don't remember what we were talking about, but we were leaving the restaurant, we were leaving the cafe and she looked at me and she said, if you ever get to a place where you want to write a book, reach out to me. I would love to connect you with my publisher. And I kid you not, I was like, are you freaking kidding me? I looked at her and I go, I have a book. And she's like, oh, really? And I'm like, I literally have a manuscript that I've had for like six months or a year or something at that point. And she's like, get it to me. And so I did. And I connected with her publisher eventually. Rewrote my book from the basic manuscript that was there to something totally different. <laughs> and became a published author. Now, obviously there's a lot of work in between, but I had the book ready. So when opportunity showed up, I was ready to go. So that is where I'm getting back to in my headspace and my heart space is just write, just write. Don't worry about the audience. Don't worry about the followers and the people and all the things and just write. And it makes me feel so alive. And I tell people often with my first book, I don't really promote it a ton because it's a memoir of my story, but I tell people a lot of times that that book was really for me. I overcame so much fear by putting my art out into the world because when you're an artist, you do not want people to criticize your work. And I mean, welcome to the world. If you're going to put anything out there, if you're even going to wake up and walk outside today, prepare for, for the opportunity to be criticized. It's going to happen, especially if you're talking about things that matter. And I remember when I finished that book and I, I mean, there's more to the story about how I thought it got rejected at first and then found out it wasn't rejected. Um, which I'll tell you since we're here, it's not like we're in a rush. I finished the book. Uh, it had been a while since I connected with the publisher he was interested and, and I knew who to reach out to. And I knew that I most likely could move forward, but I still had to go through the process of him vetting my book and telling me if I could move forward working with them. So I finished the book, finished the manuscript, sent all of that over to him because I was making some changes to it. And I never heard back now with publishers. I don't know if you've ever sent a book uh, manuscript in anywhere before, but with a publisher, if you don't hear back from them, they're not interested. So I waited a little bit and I never heard back and that hurt, but I moved on. And about six months later, I met with this girl who had asked if we could meet up and, and chit chat. And she was telling me about her, her journey with anxiety. And we were talking about it and I was just talking with her about my story and sharing basically the, the whole book with her through just me telling her my story. 
And I said to her, I said, you know what, I'm going to give you my manuscript. And in good faith, I said, please don't take this and publish it anywhere. It's not copywritten, <laughs> but it's fine. But I really do think it could be helpful to you. And she said, give it to me. And I gave it to her to just have for herself to read. And she said it was so helpful. And one day I was looking back through it when she said it was so helpful to her. And I looked back through the first few pages and I thought, this is really good. And I don't mean this in an arrogant, like, this is the bomb. Look at me how I write. I, I meant it in like, I mean it in like, it's just really good. It's really good information about my story, about where I was and where I am and how I got there. And I said, you know what? I'm ready now, six months later, to talk to the publisher and ask him for feedback, for criticism. Tell me what could I have done better? What should I do better to move this book forward? And so I reached back out to him. I mean, literally trembling because that is, as a performer, you're, you're the fear of like, oh gosh, he's going to tell me what's wrong with it. And it's my art. So, but I reached out and I asked, can you just give me some feedback of what I could have done better or what I need to do to get this book to the point of being published? To which he responded, like within a day, I think, I have never seen this. And I'm very much interested in talking to you more about getting it published. And, and I'm like, what the heck? Like, what? Um, so when I talk about the mentor friend who got me connected to her publisher, he didn't just give me a book deal. I had to work for that. And in fact, I thought I got rejected for six months and was too scared to ask for feedback. So I just moved on with my life. But it kept calling out to me that I needed to do something with that book. I need to, I need to write books. I need to write. And he said he never got it. Somehow he never got the email and um, he was interested in publishing it. And we had a conversation on the phone. And the next thing you know, I was signing a contract to <laughs> complete my first book. And so, yeah, I, I just want to share that because sometimes we just need to write or you fill in the blank with whatever that is. Like just mm, whatever that thing is for you that you know is your dharma that calls out to you that you make every excuse of why you can't do it. You won't do it. You don't have time to do it. When can you do it? There's too much to do. Nobody cares who's going to read it or or not necessarily read it because it might not be a piece like that. But you know what I'm saying? All the excuses that you make to keep yourself limited and small and far away from the thing you love most, the thing that sets your heart on fire. It moves your soul. It makes you feel like you, that thing, whatever that is, it is, it is seeking you. There's this beautiful quote. I don't know who said it, but it says what you seek is seeking you. And so here's where I'm at today. I'm in this place of just right. And I actually have this pulled up, um, on a document on my personal computer that when I get on there to go get on YouTube or get on social medias or anything like that, I see this document on there first. It says just right, period, just right. And it's calling me back to my gifting. It's calling me back to myself. And I just wanted to share that with you today because I'm coming up on finishing up my second book called Lean In. A lot of things have happened since I wrote the original manuscript and I'm going to be finishing that up here in the next couple of weeks to get over to the publisher to have my second book published. And I am so incredibly proud of this book. Um, when I talk about my other book going out, it was for me. It was for me to overcome my fear. It was for me to say, I can do this. It was for me to put myself out there and be criticized if I need to be criticized. So far, I haven't been criticized really bad, but I don't think that a of people have read it at the same time 
if you really have something profound to say or something good to say and you're not being criticized, are you really even saying anything? And so that's the risk we take when we put our work out there is that we may be criticized, we may, mis- we may be misunderstood, and we may be rejected. And the first book was for me. It was for me to put that out there to get over that fear and to see I can do it. So now as I'm working on my second book, I know um, there are no excuses. I've already written a book before. <laughs> so no matter what I put on myself and say, oh, I can't or blah, 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 all the things. Yes, you can. Because I'm sitting here right now looking at my face on a book called Pressing Forward that I wrote already. So the second book is for me. It's also to honor my dad, but it's also for you. It's for it's for whoever needs to hear those words. Um, and and that is why I am putting things out there, not so much for the attention. And maybe we're gonna always, as creatives, gonna walk this tightrope of I'm seeking attention and followers and all the things and having to draw ourselves back and do a heart check on ourselves of like, no, I'm not. I'm doing it for the art. I'm doing it for the creativity. I'm doing it for the outlet. I'm doing it for the expression because it is my dharma and it makes me feel most alive. And so those are my thoughts today. I am going to wrap this one up. And uh, yeah, this is, I guess, just kind of my open journal, open thoughts I have no outline when I'm starting these podcasts. I'm just hitting record and just kind of seeing what happens based off of what's heavy on my heart that day. And so that is going to wrap this one up for today and we will talk soon.